0: Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the Scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free eBooks, visit AssuranceofPardon.com/Logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance Apart, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas.
1: I'm Gage Jordan, assistant pastor of Youth and Families at First Presbyterian Dyersburg in Dyersburg, Tennessee.
0: Gage, here we are for our season on seeing Christ, understanding Christ in the Old Testament. And uh, you and I were talking earlier, this is a a topic we could spend the rest of our podcasting career uh, on this topic. Because it really, there really is that much there. The Old Testament does point to and describe Jesus. That's the way Jesus refers to himself as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. That's the way the apostles uh, talk about Jesus as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And so there's much here for us to talk about. And uh, before we go any further, though, I want to remind everybody that Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software. You can take your Bible study to the next uh, level with Logos Bible Software. If uh, you are, um, you can go to Assurance pardon pardon.com slash uh, Logos for a discount on Assure, uh, Logos Bible software. And that is one resource you can use uh, through all of their helpful commentaries. So you too can understand uh, how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament.
1: Absolutely. And I, we'd also encourage you if you um, enjoy these episodes and you'd like uh, to look for places that have similar content and, and can help enhance your study of theology check out our, our friends at the society of reformed podcast uh, at reformpodcast.com uh, or you can uh, subscribe to their rss feed uh, society of reformed podcasters wherever uh, you listen to your podcasts
0: Yeah. Well, we are uh, here in this episode, Gage, we are going to pick up on our walk through the book of Genesis. We, in the first episode, in a couple episodes ago, we talked about Adam and Eve and the the fall. Uh, Last week, we came back to uh, Cain and Abel, and then we talked about Noah. And that brings us to the next major figure in, um, not just in the book of Genesis, but in the Bible. uh, And that is Abraham. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how we can understand Abraham as pointing us forward to Jesus.
1: So if you remember last week, uh, we talked about with Noah, uh, this idea really actually even starting with Seth, you know, Cain kills Abel, Adam and Eve have a third son in Seth. And there appears to be this, um, this lineage of seeds, right? These, these two offsprings are these two types of people And so in that you see um, this hope that there's going to be this guy that is going to show up and he's going to save the world from the, the brokenness of sin going even to Noah, right? Noah's dad is like, I've got a son. He's going to get us out of this. Right? Well, as that kind of continues, that doesn't go away. And then you get to Abraham and in Abraham, you have our first patriarch. You have one that is one Gentile that is plucked from the land of Ur, called to go to a land of promise that he doesn't know, so called to follow the Lord. And as he is following the Lord, you get to Genesis 12, which we're going to look at here in just a second. You get to Genesis 12. And, and in that, you get this promise that if he would look up to the stars, if he would look up, look around and see the the sand, if he could number the stars and if he could number the grains of sand, that's how many generations are going to come for him. And then specifically from Abraham is going to come a offspring that is going to bless the nations. And so here you kind of, have the culmination of the thing they've been waiting on and they're expecting okay his offspring so like his son maybe his grandson but in all actuality we now know being having the benefit of where we're at in the history of redemption to look back the offspring that they're waiting on this same seed that they've been looking for is jesus
0: yeah yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. God, God makes three promises to Abraham. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you the land on which you're standing, and I'm going to bless the world through your offspring. Uh, and we're going to see. We're going to look at a second about this this covenant that God makes with with Abram. Um, but just if, if to to spoiler alert, spoiler alert, um, so that you can know that us saying that the the promise to Abraham always had its fulfillment in jesus so that you can know that that's not just us sort of uh pulling that out of whole cloth that that's not a a doctrine we're kind of crafting and and reading between the lines to get i I would i would encourage our uh our listeners to to look at galatians chapter 3 when paul says now the promises were made to abraham and to his offspring it does not say and to offsprings as in plural, offsprings, referring to many, but to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. Uh, And so Paul makes it clear all of those promises that that I'm going to bless the world through your offspring is that that blessing is going to come through Jesus himself. So Jesus is the way all of these promises find their fulfillment. And if you get that so much of the, the the confusion about the Old Testament and the New Testament and Jesus and current day Israel and end times and uh, cleanliness uh, law kosher it's so so many things are immediately kind of sorted out when you That's get right. when you get that one thing that the promises to Abraham find the, their fulfillment in Christ.
1: It's important in this conversation as we look at Abraham to know that these Old Testament patriarchs didn't have a different faith than we did. So when we're talking about seeing Jesus in the Old Testament, we're not just trying to read something we want to see in there. These guys actually had the same faith that we did. I was actually talking to a uh, church member the other day during the men's prayer breakfast. And as we're looking in the Psalms, um, he kept asking, how do you know, that David had Jesus in mind here or or even if he didn't have Jesus specifically like as in he knew the name Jesus right he had he knew he was writing in a, in a way that some of this was beyond him or how do you how do you, we know that when he's talking about righteousness he's not just talking about trying to earn his own salvation well i took him straight here to Romans chapter 4 which i think is the the partner verse to galatians 3 Right. So if you're trying to understand Abraham and the connection to Jesus, um, read Genesis three alongside this passage in Romans four. Romans four, it begins in verse one. What what then shall shall we say we gain was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That references back to chapter 12 that we're going to look at here in just a second. And it references back to Genesis 15. So then it says, verse 4, now to... To the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord does not count sin. So here, Paul does something really significant. He's already done that with the offspring in Galatians 3. He's making a similar argument in uh, Romans 4 when he's, he basically says, hey, here's Abraham, here's David. Like That's a good chunk of the Old Testament in right. these two guys. They believed that the righteousness that they were given was credited to them outside of themselves, and they were forgiven despite their sin. That's the gospel. Yeah. Right. And so it's important. Well, even when we talk about this idea of this offspring, Abraham was looking for an offspring outside of himself to save him and his people from their sins.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to, uh, point everybody to, uh, Genesis chapter 15, um, because, uh, what you do with Genesis 15 is, is so important. Um, in, in Genesis chapter 15, um, you know, because God has made these promises to to Abraham that uh, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna have lots and lots and lots of of children. Um, but he ha- he still hasn't done it, and and Abraham's not a young no, not a young uh, spring chicken. It's just fifteen says, and after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. Look toward the heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Verse 7, And he said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? Give me, in other words, I know that's your covenant. Is there a sign of this covenant you'll give me? Bring me a heifer, three years old, a female goat, three years old, a ram, three years old, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these and cut them in half and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram and behold, A uh, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall... Come out with great possessions. And as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Here's the key. Verse 17. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, To your offspring I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates, the land of the, Kenizz- uh, the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Now, what in the world is going on with this? Uh, what's going on? What is this cutting the animals in half? Um right that is what what uh, abram knows exactly what's going on what's going on there is uh is it's a it is the making of a covenant between uh in in um today, today by the way if we're going to make a a covenant we might call a, a a notary right we might we might get a lawyer yep. and a notary and we would have them authorize this Um, But, but Abraham, he he tells Abraham to go get these animals and cut them in half and sort of lay one half over here, one half over here and create kind of this path between them. Um, And and Abraham knows what to do. He knows what's going on here. He knows a covenant is about to happen. Um, what would happen in those days is the greater king would promise to protect the lesser king, right? Um, right. The the uh, uh, the the the, greater, the
1: the suzerain and the vassal, the yeah, suzerain yeah. and the
0: vassal, yeah. And animals would be they would seal this promise, this protection this covenant, they would seal it with an oath and animals would be cut in pieces. It would be laid on either side, making a sort of path with the carcasses and the lesser King and the greater King would pass between the pieces to swear this oath. And the oath was saying, if I don't keep up my end of the covenant, may what happened to these animals happen to me. Um, Sometimes it was the lesser. Sometimes it was just the lesser King would pass through calling down these curses on himself. So Uh Abraham is expecting that, that here's, here's this greater King, God, has made this promise to him god says okay let's let's have a covenant we're going to ha- let's 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 put this carve this in stone and abraham is expecting that god is going to tell him to pass through these pieces right uh, which is which explains why this great and dreadful darkness falls upon him cuz he's about to make a scary oath that he knows he can't live up to uh, uh, what god <laughs> requires he feels like oh my goodness i can't believe i asked the lord to do this Uh, uh, he's going to make me, he's going to make me make this very scary oath, but he doesn't do that. Uh, Verse 12. What what happens? Verse 12. What happens is the sun goes down and a deep sleep falls on Abraham and, uh, and then uh, a a smoking fire pot. uh, Um, verse, uh, we go to verse 17, a, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the pieces. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. What is the significance of the smoking fire pot? Uh, and the,
1: the, well, I mean, if you look at the rest of Genesis leading into Exodus and the rest of the, the story of the people in, in the first five books of the Bible, when God is leading his people, through the promised land to, to Canaan, through the wilderness. And he moves them every time they're supposed to pick up the tabernacle and follow the Lord. The way they know is he, the way he reveals himself is through a um, through fire and smoke yeah. right through. A, and, and so it's interesting here that the way this kind of starts out, the way the story begins is this is the way the Lord is going to reveal his son. It's it's, the, it's Yahweh himself yeah, showing showing up and walking through the pieces himself, and and here's the good news. Here's the gospel. Here's the you know, uh, if if I can be so bold for the magician on the other side of the screen, here's the ta da right. Like sure. here, here here's the moment. Jesus is the one who who took the punishment of the broken covenant on himself. He yep. was the one who tore himself in half on our behalf by breaking his body and shedding his blood. And the good news of that covenant faithfulness is told to us every single time in the proclamation of the word and in the sacraments, right? Amen. At the table, we are shown each and every time we come to the table that it's Yahweh in the flesh. It's God in the flesh, in Christ The second person of the Trinity who broke his body. Yep. Yeah. It's it's Yahweh in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity who shed his blood.
0: Yeah. That that's so key. When you get that, and again, what we see is when we read the these Old Testament narratives with Christ as the center, these narratives become gospel for us. They become joy inflicting news. We can go, wow, that's. That's like reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's that's the gospel that's because that. you have a God who makes a covenant with a, with a sinful people and then calls down the curses of that covenant on Himself. God, right. uh, Abraham does not pass through the pieces because God passes through them in, on His behalf. Uh, and and when we get to to bring it full circle and help our help our listeners uh, uh, visualize this. When, when in the upper room, the night before he was crucified, Jesus takes a loaf of bread and breaks it in half. And you can just imagine him holding one half in his left hand and one hand in his right hand saying, this is my body broken for you. In other words, tomorrow, I'm going to pass between these pieces. That's it. This is what's going to happen. My body is being broken for you just like those animals bodies were broken i'm the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world i am calling down the curses of the covenant on myself because i not only make the promise i keep the promise which is why it's good news which is why we say it's gospel it's joy inflicting news to use uh, tim keller's uh, uh, language uh, and it's why why, why we inflicting. want you to
1: do it as often as possible. Let's let's yeah. go ahead and throw that out there, right? Yeah. Like that's why it's more than just remembering something. Yeah, it's actually yeah. a means by which grace is being communicated to you. Um, it it's why um, someone l- looking at it and losing its specialness. Because they think we do it too often. Yeah, the problem is with them. It's
0: not with the table. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, because I mean, what is what is God asks Abraham asks God, how am I to know that this is true? And Ab- and God says, oh, "Well, um, watch me pass between these pieces. Watch yeah. that happen. That's that's how you know. Reflect on this fact." and so we say how do we know the promises of of Christ are true how do we know that our hope is in his faithfulness not in our faithfulness that's it. well because this is my body broken for you as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes um Amen. that and, and and friends that's covenant theology that's reformed theology that is the that is the beauty uh, of of seeing Christ at the center of the story of Abraham. And it's also the center of seeing all the promises to Abraham, find their fulfillment in Jesus. And this pivotal thing that happens in Genesis chapter 15 is about the cross. It is about the upper room. And and it's so important that you get this and, and that you marinate on this, reflect on this, meditate on this as often as you can and as you do so, the just the Bible, the story of the Bible, just becomes clear.
1: Absolutely. Well, we hope this was helpful. We hope um, that this helps you understand your Bible better. Helps you understand the Old Testament better. If you have any questions, we always would love to hear from you. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, I know I've, I've been permanently banned by Mark Zuckerberg, but I have uh, through through other means been able to get back on Facebook and at least navigate uh, stuff with the church, and so I'll see your interactions. Scott will see your interactions on the yeah. Assurance of Pardon page. You can always hit us up on Twitter. Uh, also, my sister recently taught me into this new app called Clubhouse, and apparently it's a place where yeah. you can have kind of group discussions. So if we ever wanted to do a Clubhouse, well, we just kind of do a Q&A about Jesus in the Old Testament. Hey, hit us up if that's something you're interested in. We'd love to set that up for you. You can always email us your questions. L- let me say this as the two pastors on this podcast in in the room. We definitely want this podcast to be beneficial for you. We in no way want this to replace your local church and a local pastor who is faithful over you, who prays for you on a regular basis, who preaches the gospel to you every week. If you don't have a a church home where the gospel is being given to you, where things like this are being taught to you, and this doesn't feel like old hat, this feels like this is not something I'm hearing on a regular basis, hit us up and we'll help you find a church. But we mm-hmm. in no way want, want to become your your pastors or, or your church. Um, and as always, I mentioned earlier, you can uh, supplement these resources with our other buddies at the Society of Reform Podcast. They put out great content like this that helps you understand your Bible better, uh, so you can always visit there. And until next time, this is Assurance of Pardon. God bless.